Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Bella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports, so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions, what you're missing? Nothing. We got you covered for college football, too. Every fantasy football. Friday, you could get what you need to hear. Mondays and Fridays, we're always here. Live on the air, you know it ain't fair. Because we spit it with crazy ill flair. Hip-hop flavor, crazy witty, extremely clever. You know it's gritty. Uh, it's talking sports. NFL is talking sports, college football is talking sports. Ray and Tay today. What's going on, good people? It's your boy Eric Taylor, Tay. We're waiting for Ray. He's uh, on his way. And we are talking about the 2023 NBA Finals. It is finally here. Game one is tonight. Are you ready? Are you hyped? This is, you know, this is the Denver Nuggets hosting the number one seed out of the Western Conference, hosting the number eight seed Miami Heat out of the Eastern Conference. We're talking Nikolai Djokovic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Cartavius Caldwell Pope, Brown, you know, battling Mike Malone, battling Eric Sposa, Jimmy Butler, Spruce, Martin, Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler. Maybe Duncan Robinson is going to, you know, really soar, but Tyler Hero might come back game two, three. We don't know. So there's a lot to consider. There is a lot to really chew on, and we're just waiting on Ray to join the show. But you got to understand this is history. This is Denver Nuggets first time being in the NBA finals. And they've had a, you know, plethora of great players, Lafayette, Fat Lever, Dan Isso, Alex English, Carmelo Anthony, Um, you know, so many great players over the years, and Denver was about buckets and scoring, you know. And then you're talking about the Miami Heat, the legacy of Pat Riley, um, you know, Coach Spolstra, um, obviously with Dwayne Wade and Shaq did, then Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Chris Bosh. But for them to be in the finals for the third time, and second time, excuse me, in three years, because they lost in the bubble, but they got there. They've been, you know, injured and gone through different, and how could I forget to say Kyle Lowry, you know, different players. This is really um, a tremendous opportunity for the Miami Heat. And we can just all like, you know, 
clap it up and applaud them for even being in the NBA Finals because that in itself for eight seed is pretty much like a miracle. So, you know, you got to really tap in and say, has the Miami Heat already climbed the mountain? Can they get a game? Can they get two? Could they win? You know, those are a lot of different questions that you have to ask, you know. And, you know, it's one of those things, let me clear my throat. throat) You know, it's one of those things where you're really, you kind of feel like, the, this is the greatest underdog Cinderella story in a, in a way, but if this team was completely healthy the whole season and, and Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo were there, could they legitimately be here fighting for a title? And the question is possibly. We have seen, you know, Devin Booker was great. Joker was great. But Jimmy Butler has put together one of the greatest playoff runs maybe in NBA history, you know, and he continues, whether it's 50 points, 40 points, 30 points, 20, you know, if he's got to get 13 rebounds, 10 assists, whatever he's got to do, he is a leader. And what's so fascinating is that Jimmy Butler has been able to play both sides of the ball um, in a way that, we haven't seen, you know, since great two-way guards like D. Wade for moments, Clay Thompson, because he was a great defender and a scorer. Um, you know, we didn't get that from Reggie, but really the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, did that. Mitch Richmond did it for a little bit. But Jimmy Butler's doing it in a way that you can, that the every man can respect. The lunch pail, because he's a self-made guy. Junior college, Marquette. You know, the Bulls, you know, the Timberwolves, the Sixers, Philly Wishes. Now they kept Jimmy Butler, you know, the Miami Heat. So this guy has put in some legendary work. And he's a Virgo, September 14th. Shout about. Go ahead, Jimmy. You know, I'm a fellow Virgo. But you know what I mean? He, he, you know, like Rasheed Wallace, too. There's this selflessness. There's this humility. And that's why I bring that up, you know, and, and, He's willing to get his hands dirty and do whatever he needs to do, you know? So, are you coming in? Question mark. So, that's, you know, something that you got to really marvel at, you know? And I think that... If I'm a Miami Heat fan and thinking about Lonzo Mourning and all the great players, I'm already overjoyed. Now, when you break this team down, I don't know if they can score enough. Denver's putting up 115-120. This means that, you know, Martin has been a hero to most. He's been balling out. But can he get 20? Can Kyle Lowry give you 15? Bam give you 20 and 10? Butler, 25-plus per game to really do anything in this series. And, you know, the Joker, he can easily get triple-doubles. He can easily do 
his thing, you know? And it's one of those things where you can't really debate how great he is. You know, we are live right now on the air. So to me, you know, we've got to figure out from the West side, you know, who's really the deal, you know? So I think, you know, Ray's should be here any minute, but I think Denver has got a situation where, you know, they, they might be looking at their first championship. And it backs up the two MVPs. Because everybody's questioned the Joker, and this is the year that Embiid finally broke through and Joel Embiid got the MVP. But now the Joker is like, yeah, I got my two MVPs. But the Joker's like, now I want a title. You know, Ray, that's what I was telling people, what, you know, how Miami got here and, you know, how their fans should be so overjoyed without uh, Hero and Oladipo. But now it's also about Wait the reality. Wait a minute. No, no, no. They do have a hero. His name is Caleb Martin. I mean, Jimmy Butler, of course, but Caleb Martin is a hero to most. He really is. But, you know, I was saying, you know, segue into Denver. I'm I'm so um, excited for this franchise. You know, I went through the Dan Issels, the Alex English, our guy, Lafayette, Fat Lever, you know, all the great players and scorers, you know, even our boy T.R. Dunn, Carmelo Anthony. But, the Joker backing up these two MVPs to now dominate the playoffs, him, Booker, and Butler, the Joker has an opportunity to solidify his legacy at a pretty young age, right, to, to back up these two MVPs now with a title. Tell me how impressed you've been by him and, um, and even Mike Malone as a coach and this Denver Nugget team, which could be building a new dynasty in the West. Well, first of all, let me talk on the dynasty thing. It's the first time. So I, I read this stat somewhere. It's the first time in 20-some-odd years and only the fifth time in history that the NBA is going to have for five consecutive years a new champion. So dynasties are kind of done uh, right now. Denver is probably the closest team to having a dynasty because, you know, if you think about it, the Lakers – age is going to catch up to them with LeBron and health. With well, the Warriors did you add know. on to their dynasty last year. we got to be fair with that. They did. They took a little break. But for, for now, think about it. Last five years, you know, it was Toronto, the Lakers, Milwaukee, Golden State, and a new champion, Miami and Denver for the first time. So for five straight years, you're not going to have a back-to-back champion. And Which is great for the, the sport and the fans. I think so, too. You know, it's nice to have dynasties every so often, right? I would hate to have, you know, for the next 20 years, 20 different champions. 
just because, you know, you like a little bit of that David and Goliath. You know, Celtics, Lakers maybe dominated a little too much in the 80s. If, uh, if you want to be Well, honest, I think we're on the precipice of one because this team is really young. The Nuggets are, the nuggets are a young team, Ray, and deep. They are. And let me tell you something. I got, I got the inside scoop. So the guy that works in my building was or knew and was a friend of Nikola Jokic's brother. And he gave me the scoop, and he said Nikola Jokic wanted to go back to Europe. In the beginning of his career, yes. he wasn't that fond of being in the U.S., of playing basketball in the U.S. And so he said, I want to go back to Europe. Well, well remember, remember they pick. had him and, Yus- and, and Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic, and, yeah. And Denver was Nurkic kind of struggling. Room. And the Joker was struggling a little bit. He wasn't so dominant right away the first two, three seasons. Well, it's hard to be this dominant, right? You need to be at the top of your game. No other player has maybe ever been this dominant, in, certainly offensively, in terms of what you can do at the big man position, averaging a triple-double. He almost averaged a triple-double for the season. I mean, he was like 9.6 assists a game. That's amazing. Think about it. Oscar Robertson and Russell Westbrook are the only people that ever did it, and he almost did it. Just dominating. Anyway, but back to Nikola Jokic. He is amazing. We have possibly never seen a combination of skills like that at that size. And so it's really rewarding for Denver fans and for basketball fans to see a second-round pick come into his own, win the two MVPs. And like we always used to say about the Celtics passing the torch to the Pistons and the Pistons to the Bulls and the you know and then in the East you had you had so, similar story in the West. It's nice to see him earn it and it's nice to see him struggle to get up the mountain. And now I mean, he hasn't sealed the deal yet, but he's gotten to the finals and he's won his MVPs and he's literally at the top of the mountain. So it's nice to see that he's worked on his game, that his team accepts him and, 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 you know, basically works around his game. And the GM was able to make some great moves and put pieces around him. So you're right. If any team in the NBA right now looks like they are in for a long run, as long as everybody's happy and, and likes the Mile High City, Denver's looking like, why not in that Western Conference? And, and like you said, what I love, both of the leaders of, this, of these teams are self man-made, self-made gentleman in Jimmy Butler and Nikola Djokovic because, you know, they both didn't have these high expectations, but we've seen them in increments take these leaps and bounds and steps. Now, Denver has kept him. Jimmy had to bounce around a little bit, but each version of Jimmy has just only gotten better and better and better. And I think for NBA fans, yeah, you know, maybe if Tatum didn't get hurt, Boston would have been there. Um, that's definitely could have been the case because he's been great in game sevens. But, you know, first play of the game, he, I mean, he legitimately got hurt and, you know, it wasn't the same. But Jimmy and Miami and Coach Fosa, they've earned this. And one thing you definitely know about Miami they ain't going out like that. They ain't going out like that. They're not going to play like suckers. Denver's going to sweat and have to earn it. And so that, I think, to me, 
is exciting. So let me ask you a question. Do you feel like this is the game that Miami, to, to make it a competitive series, would have to steal because Denver's been, hopefully, for Miami, Netflix and chill and a little bit on the sofa too much. They've been cold for nine days. Do you think this is the game Miami has the best shot? This is the best game, the best shot in Denver. So, you know, on the one hand, they're not there to get acclimated to the, to the altitude, which is a thing. I mean, it's not a huge thing. That well, what, remember, they didn't go back to Miami. They went straight from Boston to Denver, so they've been there a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So they went for two days. No, that, that was exactly right. And I, I love Eric Spolstra. Can I just put Eric Spolstra, uh, uh, um, you know, like Yogi Berra has his Yogi Berra-isms? I think we need to give Eric Spolstra some Eric Spolstra-isms because after the so game – Are you trying to say he's your la- second favorite Eric now? <laughs> <laughs> what about Eric from EPMD? Uh, all right, so those Eric are the top Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 he said his latest well, – first of all, he said after they lost game six, he was like, let's tip off game seven right now. Like, no, right, no, that, right that now. got me so hyped, you know. And then they that were got like, me so well, hyped. Coach, Coach Spo, you know, how are you doing in the altitude and this, that, and the other? He was like, let's play on Mount Everest right now. <laughs> He's like, let's go to the peak of Mount Everest and go hoop it up. I love Eric Fulton. Like, <laughs> nah, you got to love him. And, and he is – He is truly a great leader of men. He's built up a Hall of Fame career. And you could say, you know, this would be, what, his fourth chip? So that would be really, really impressive. You know what I mean? His, uh, Um, yeah, is it his fourth or technically his third? I guess because. Well, I guess, well, Miami's fourth, his third, yeah, his third. Pat Riley technically. But still, to do it again. Took over. (laughs) <laughs> and to be able to upset the number one seed and they'd be what one of only two or three teams ever to beat multiple number one seeds. I think um, the Pistons did it. Yeah. Um, Hamilton's uh, Pistons, him and, um, and our boy uh, Chauncey, Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups so, and the Hall of Famer Ben Wallace. It's pretty interesting that he's the only Hall of Famer on that team. But listen to this. What are you thinking right now if you are the Philadelphia 76ers and you had the whole thing with Ben Simmons and James Harden and a year before that or a year and a half before that, you had the whole thing with uh, Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler and you decided to keep Tobias Harris and not keep Jimmy Butler. Now maybe Jimmy was a different man in Miami and, you know, maybe, maybe it couldn't work in Philly, but wow. No, nah, I think it could have worked. I think Jimmy's We're been the same dude. We're missing the dog, but the dog He's a dog. Had the dog. Yeah. No, I think that they, they made a mistake, and many franchises do. And what I think is upsetting is that Embiid wanted Jimmy. They had a bond. But it wasn't just Tobias, you got to be honest. It was Tobias and Ben Simmons and that was the difference and so they held on to Ben Simmons too long and thought and rightfully so that you know hey he could be a a Magic Johnson type tall 6'9 point guard with special talents and this and that and he was younger than Jimmy but 
you know, if you had to get some role players to fill in and basically just supplement Ben Simmons and Tobias for Jimmy Butler, a younger version of P.J. Tucker and someone else, I would have went with Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker and someone else, you know, compared to Tobias and Ben Simmons. And, you know, hey, maybe Philly will never get to the finals or get over the mountaintop. I don't know, but I'm sure sitting back watching Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat there, it's got to sting and hurt, Ray. Oh, it's got to sting. And one thing I will say to their defense, forget about Ben Simmons's the yips, right? The Chuck Knoblock, he caught the yips. Um, <laughs> he hasn't played. Like, his back totally gave out on him. So – it's not just that you got a guy with some mental, you know, Markel Falls went through something like this, but he physically hasn't been able to be on the court. So to lose Jimmy and to lose Ben Simmons in the, you know, arguably in the prime of Simmons's career, you know, that, that's a double whammy, like, that you couldn't anticipate. No, no, you're definitely right. I, you know, I'm excited. Before we give any predictions, let's kind of bounce around a little bit you know, in terms of some of the coaching moves, some of the potential moves with the two teams that lost, Boston and L.A. and, and stuff. You know, we got to salute Monty, one of the highest or the highest coaching salaries ever, six we years, gotta, $72 million. We got to salute a couple of people. With the Detroit, Detroit basketball. For giving him that money, right, because Dwayne Casey moved upstairs. We got to salute uh, Monty Williams' agent for giving him almost $13 million a year. He's, you know where he is? They, they, they showed the pantheon of coaches. He's behind only football coaches, and we know how much football coaches make. So Belichick makes 20. I think Sean Payton makes 15. And, and uh, um, your boy in L.A., uh, uh, McKay. Wow, does he make 15. that much? He, Belichick 13, yeah. So he 20? makes right, he, And Pete Carroll. Those are the only guys that make $13 million or more in that, uh, um, in that neighborhood. So Monty Williams, with all due respect, has to thank his agent, his accountant, his, you know, Dwayne Casey for giving him the money. Because think about it, he got fired. Now, we agree that he shouldn't have gotten fired. But he got fired because right, 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 right. he couldn't get along with Aiton. He couldn't get the, you know, the, the, the best out of Aiton. They but I tell you, I like that young roster. He's going to be able to mold. Cade Cunningham well, is, is the a real team play. Yeah, the Eastern Conference is, is a little different, but I think Detroit can find themselves in a position if they continue to develop and Monty can whip them into shape where they can potentially next season get to the play-in. They need a good draft and a good free agency over the you know, season. They still have cap room. But I think that's a nice move. I like Nick Nurse going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, you know, Adrian Griffin going to the Milwaukee Bucks. And now we're waiting for the, the Phoenix Suns, who really are down to three, but it looks like it's going to be between Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel, or Kevin Young, who's been a longtime assistant there. And you got to believe if they were going to hire Kevin Young, he's already been there, that they would have already done it. So I'm wondering if it's Doc, Doc Rivers' turn in Phoenix. We'll see. But I think it's going to be, obviously, what a Booker and Durant want, right? 
it. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, that's. Um, Although I gotta say that I, I gotta say that any GM, I, I think the Phoenix Shop's a great job. I would take it in a minute, right? If I could roll out there with two dogs, um, I, I guess my only question would be the 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 GM. And if the GM just gets me good enough role players, I, I'm rolling. I'm taking that Phoenix job more than anything. I mean, think about fundamental questions you have. Phoenix, you don't have those because Booker and Durant are locked in. Giannis might leave in two years. Joel Embiid. No, Phoenix, a, listen. Uh, hey, Phoenix is a great job. And, you know, it, it, it would almost be poetic justice for Doc to get there and then Phoenix win it next year. You know, because I think Phoenix, they're ready to win now. They just need two good, solid bench players. You know, if they wanted to bring back Paul and Ian and they were able to add, you know, some crafty, savvy veterans, I think they could work it out. But there's the big question. Yeah, Monty's gone, but do you need to move Paul or Ian or both? And, you know, and then what, what's the turnaround on doing that in terms of the roster meshing this season coming up? And how do these players complement Booker and Durant? Because I think healthy start of the season, Booker and Durant, if they have a, a nice enough bench, a nine-man rotation, and you could preserve their minutes, this is definitely a team that has to be right there with the Nuggets' uh, potential favorites in the West next season, you know? Why not? I mean, they are the ones that have the least amount of questions in their starting five. I mean, obviously you have to make a decision on Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. So their questions are all about depth. So, so right now you could pencil the Phoenix Suns in to the Western Conference semifinals. Just close your eyes, they'll be there. So the question is, can they get to the Western Conference finals and then to the Western Conference, uh, to the uh, you know, NBA finals? And they absolutely can. It's just a matter of the roster. But right now, pencil them in to the second round. They're, you know what? It's, it's the final four in the West. They're one of the four teams. Pencil them in. You got it. Get your ticket. So, but what do you think about – we kind of touched on this last show, but what do you think about Bob Meyer stepping down and the rumors that he may want to go to the Clippers because his wife is from Southern California and that whole experience? But then looking at the other powerhouse teams in the West – you know, we're not sure really what's going on in Memphis, but the Clippers and the Warriors, those being the other two, um, you know, we is Golden State now, they're looking at the, you know, the owner's sons and Mike Dunleavy Jr. as kind of steering, as like a, as a group steering this GM thing. Are they going to be like, okay, we want to keep Draymond, but we got to get rid of Poole, or we want to move on from Draymond, and get a little younger and more athletic and up front and keep pool. What do you think the Warriors' future move should be this offseason? How do they – do they run it back? Do they, re, you know, retool a little bit? Or do they blow it up? Is it time to, like, move away from Clay? I know that sounds blasphemous, but is this the time to do that? So, to me, I wouldn't have left the Golden State Warriors if I'm Bob Myers. I thought – he should have just ran it to the very end, but everybody's got their own personal. Well, that could have been money. We don't know what he wanted and and the contract was up. So you don't know. Right. The biggest disappointment to me on that team is James Wiseman. And the fact that you had the number. Where did they trade him to? I forgot. It was Eastern conference. I thought it was Detroit, 
Um, Ooh. Hold on, real quick check. James Wiseman. That might be nice for Monty to have Cade Cunningham, yeah, Ivy, and James Wiseman. Ooh. Yeah. If he if Monty but can he, fix he Wiseman. He hasn't been doing anything. He hasn't been doing anything. Well, but listen, listen. He got there late, the end of the season. Let's see Cunningham, Ivy, and 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 Bagley and Wiseman with Monty running. Yeah, that that could be really. I'm telling you, they're going to play in the play-in next year or the playoffs. Watch. So wait, but back back to the Warriors. So so my biggest disappointment for them was that they couldn't incorporate Wiseman into that team because that was part of the whole reboot, right? They were going to get yeah because they they won championships with like. JaVale McGee and Andrew Bogut and you know they just had just dudes kind of like the uh, yeah. the Chicago Bulls you know <laughs> bodies had, uh, just bodies right they had yeah. uh, you know guys especially at the five position right that was the weakest position yeah, yeah. On, on all those Bulls championships so that was disappointing to me then they said okay let's retool with Poole and Bo- uh, um, uh, Andrew Wiggins and they won a championship. And then that, that fight or that fracas or whatever happened, and, and you feel like they've never really recovered from that. The problem I see is that Steph Curry probably has one or two more years left of this version of Steph Curry, where he could literally lift the team and win a championship like he did last year. Yeah, yeah, so I would say I would he may he might not be able to do that anymore, but I think he's got two great seasons left. But well, there's going to be a little saying. fall so off. To me, to me, you run it back because you don't have the guy, and Andrew Wiggins is not the guy, and James Wiseman is not there. Like I say, James Wiseman because he was the number two overall pick. So you have a situation where you have Steph Curry as the dominant. Steph Curry for two more years. So to me, you have to do everything you can to try to win it in the next two years. Because otherwise, you need to find a superstar to bring in so Steph Curry is your second best player. Right now, you can win a championship with Steph Curry as your best player. But in two years, you're going to have to get uh, Yanni, whatever, whoever that guy is. But it's not Steph Curry. Because in two years, Steph Curry will not be able to carry the team on his back. So I would run it back, frankly. Um, If you don't run it back, it all comes down to can you keep Green and Poole together? Because to me, you have to have Green, Poole, and Wiggins as your sort of wing – you know, Poole doesn't play much D, but he's wing offense. And then Wiggins is your sort of uh, three-and-D guy, and Draymond is sort of the glue and the the defense that keeps it all together. So I don't see any players in the NBA – that you can just pop into that Golden State Warrior system that will be able to contribute in a way that lets them go to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals so easily. So I would say you have to run it back. That's a fair point. I think they they do have to make minor adjustments, and I do have a funny feeling at least one of that is going to be either Draymond or Poole. I think, you know, Wiggins and Clay will be fine. But there were some moments where, honestly, I felt like um, the the greatness of Clay is no longer. And I just don't, I, you know, I hate to say that. I don't want to say that. he's done. 
but he's no, no, not, not done. But but done. He's not what he used of... to be, and you can't rely on him. That's why it's even more important that Jordan Poole steps up and provides some of the offense. You know, he's not going to provide the defense that Clay used to provide, but some of the offense. That's why I'm saying you need Wiggins and Poole because Clay is not what he right, used but, to be. So that's, and, but think about that. What you're saying, how can Poole really step up if Clay is really still there? Mentally, emotionally, minutes. It, it's he not did it last really... year. Clay's minutes are going to go down. His minutes are going to go up. He'll play a little bit of that backup point. He'll play a little bit of that two, uh, mainly play the two. When they play small ball, he can play with uh, Clay potentially. So I I don't have a problem. And I don't think Jordan Poole needs 35 minutes. I think he's good with 30 minutes. I just think he needs to be more productive. And if if your thing is offense and and shooting threes and and playing downhill – you got to do that. When he missed that long three at the end of what was a game two, it's like that, that took his heart. And he, was, he wasn't playing the pick and roll well on defense, but then again, he wasn't contributing on offense. So he just played himself to the bench. Yeah, and I, I got to challenge Steve Kerr because with his greatness, it's on him that he didn't really develop Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman. And so to me, that's him and his coaching staff and not nurturing and giving them enough minutes, but not making sure that they, you know, at least he got, they got back Gary Payton Jr., which was very important. Yeah, they need that going forward defensively because they were one of the worst defensive teams and one of the worst road teams this season. So it's going to be fascinating. Now, kind of going to L.A. One more point about Steve Kerr is – I don't know if it's complacency or if it's arrogance, but their gross disrespect for turnovers is just horrible to watch. As pretty as their game is offensively and as fluid as it is offensively, no, I think they he, turn he's got to be embarrassed by that. And I think way too much. And it's like, I don't know if he's trying to be give away about games it and because take of the it. pressure off, but they absolutely give away games. In the league where possession especially in the playoffs, where possessions are so important. You can't have 15, 16, 18, 20 turnovers. You just can't. The ball is too valuable. And so to, yeah. It's not winning basketball. With, You're totally right. Contrast that with Eric Spolstra, who they're both Hall of Fame coaches, right? But Eric Spolstra's teams value the possessions. And maybe he got too complacent because he had four Hall of Famers on his team, Steve Kerr, and he's like, you know what? I'm giving them a little bit of rope because I, I want them to play free and uninhibited. You cannot turn the ball over. And when you turn it over, you have to be mad at your team. You can't sit there and be like, oh, it's all right. They'll get it back. We'll hit three. No, we'll you're right. Three because threes. Cause you, could, you could just say straight up, turnovers make the difference of why Miami's in the title and Golden State potentially isn't. You know what I mean? And didn't even make the semis. So you're right. The turnovers is a killer. So with LeBron, yeah, the Lakers, they're, you know, I think they're going to run it back. They've got to sign Austin Reeves and some other guys, and they can you know, potentially add on somewhere. Um, there's rumors that LeBron could you know, retire, take a season off, come back and you know, play with um, his son and maybe go sign wherever his son gets drafted. Then, you know, we're talking about potentially will the NBA expand to Seattle and Vegas in the next year or two and LeBron be a part of that Vegas franchise, which I totally can see happening. 
probably already right. written behind closed doors on the wall for that one. But in general, I like the direction of Darvin Ham. I think this roster, they, they maxed out on what they could do in terms of battling Denver. But I think if they make some slight improvements and LeBron and AD can, you know, do a little bit less in the regular season, I don't think LeBron needs to retire. And I'd be surprised if he did step away. Um, But, you know, I think that they could potentially compete and be in that final four, you know, with Nuggets and Phoenix and whoever else that other team is, Lakers or Clippers or Warriors, they're going to, they, they're throwing their hat in the ring and I'm sure Memphis will have something to say once they can figure out, you know, all the silliness, you know, so you already could see the top six in the West. Um, would you make any major moves for the Lakers? Is there a, a, is there a move for Harden or Kyrie, which I know you're not happy about either, but could that be something that boosts them, you know? Because I don't think Russell's coming back. I think D'Angelo is not the answer for them. Brown sugar. Brown yeah. sugar, babe. Yeah. They need to make a move. It was obvious that they needed to make a move, you know, in the first 20 games of the season, and they did. They got rid of Westbrook. They got rid of Beverly. They, they made some – they made some additions and, and filled in oh, some the role GM Palenka did a great job. I mean, gosh. Rui Hashimura, I, that was one of the best moves. Uh, yeah, I think Vanderbilt was a, a solid player, too. I'm not so sure about Malik Beasley. He's a chucker. But, but, uh, but the development of, you know, Austin Reeves and Hachimura and Vanderbilt for some defense. I like uh, Vanderbilt, I, yeah. So, so they've got some role players. You are absolutely right. I think they're missing one player. Um, I think they're missing a wing that can uh, shoot, and they've got a Paul George. I mean, obviously Paul George is Paul George, right? But somebody <laughs> like that, somebody like that, like a 3 and D kind of wing defender who can score, that's what they're missing. I think that that's um, – but, sure sure, but, but why isn't it a point guard? Look, I would love to have both, but I don't think that <laughs> if you gave them, you know, Chris Paul of five years ago, they win the, they win the championship, right? I well, you know, it's so funny. I was going to say, what if they got a Chris Paul? Yeah. Probably not this version of Chris Paul. I think that they've already dealt with enough injuries with uh, well, LeBron's now. We don't, I don't know how healthy his foot is, uh, but and Anthony Davis, I think they need to get a young point guard if they can would be second I, I think that wing that wing uh you know that wing with some size and, and somebody that can lighten the the scoring load off of them off of LeBron and AD and by the way LeBron cannot and, and you'd have to have a talk with them and say look man we're gonna do the, the hated word in in pro sports and definitely in basketball is load management right but we're gonna do load management you're not playing more than 30 minutes a game you just look at that finals, that last game in the finals where he spent no, they, all they, of his energy. LeBron was broken. You, he, he played too much. He played too much, yeah. As great as he is. So you need a guy who, yeah. can, who can take the, the <clears throat> pressure buckets off of LeBron. And by the way, LeBron well, I don't know who the, the, the wing would be, but what if they got like a Mike Conley? Interesting. Towards the end of his career, you know, a guy that's savvy. 
you know, maybe like a Kyle Lowry from three, Kyle Lowry from two, three years ago. Again, not just Kyle Lowry, maybe two, three years ago, Toronto's Kyle Lowry. What about DeRozan from the Bulls? That may not seem like it worked out for Chicago. Well, I feel like they had too much scoring with DeRozan and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, your boy. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe DeRozan comes Well, not too a... much. I, I think they actually need those pieces. What happened with them is that, honestly, that they moved Laurie Markkinen, and maybe they shouldn't have given up on him so fast. He really took off in Utah. But let's be honest, when Lonzo got hurt, it put too much pressure on Levine and Caruso. But Lonzo was really the leader and perfect to manage everybody else because he's a pure point guard. And um, I just pray that the young kid could come back because, you know, he was like a little walking triple-double and each game could give you like, you know, 10, 10, and 10 or 9, 8, and 7. You know what I mean? He's very versatile and extremely smart out there on the court. So I hope he can come back. But I, I just – I don't know DeRozan and Levine. It's almost like the argument with Tatum and Brown. I tend to think when you've got two dynamic wings, and it makes me think of Jordan and Pippen, you got to let them play together and figure it out but, and then add around them. But, you know, you could debate that maybe the Bulls and Celtics are like, maybe we need to try something different. I don't know. Now – Different levels, right? Boston, they've been, what, four out of the last six Eastern Conference championships? Five of seven. Five of seven. That's That's something else. But I I just don't think, and we talked about it before, if we're being honest, I think, you know, what, we still have the Toronto job left. I'd be surprised if the Boston job doesn't open up because I don't know if – I don't know. they got to keep their cool, right? They're they're probably not going to make a decision right away. But I don't know if they can bring him back. This collapse was, it was kind of funny. It was weird. It was bizarre. It was unexpected. And I don't know if he lost the locker room, Ray, you know. And, um, but I, financially, the way everything's set, I think your best chip and move is to keep and sign Brown. And then if you feel later on, you can move him um, because teams will want him under contract just like Durant. The value increases. So that's, that's my thought on that. And Gallinari's coming back, and then maybe they replace Hawford and get – I think they need more size. What else would you see or think about for Boston to make a, a – you know, get well, back Boston to Boston has an interesting dilemma because I got to get more into the weeds on this, but in two years, the salary cap structure is such that Boston is a team that's going to get – penalized because they're going to have two super maxes. So they're going to have Tatum and Brown if they don't trade them. And it's going to be very, very difficult for them. They're going to put 60 million into Tatum and 50 million into Brown. So it's going to be $110 million in two players. And it's going to be very hard for them to field a team of, you know, other than mid-level exception type guys around them. So you have to go all in for the next two years and do the best you can when you have flexibility salary cap-wise because in two years it's going to be really difficult to make any moves. So I would keep 
uh, if you keep Brown, I would go all in in the next couple of years. The Eastern Conference is, is, is to be had, you know, and, and who knows what's going to happen. Milwaukee, the discussion is going to be around not this year maybe, but next year, whether Giannis stays or goes. Philly, you know, Joel Embiid, as much as we love him, his, his health is always an issue, right? He lost his first three seasons to health. Uh, and basically the, the Eastern Conference wide open. So if, and if you are an Eastern Conference team like the Celtics, you're like, all right, we, we could do this. We've done five out of seven. We could do, you know, Eastern Conference finals in the next three, four years. So we got to go and try to win ourselves one. So I, I'm all in if I'm the Celtics. I personally don't love the Brown and Tatum combo, but it's really hard to break up, what, 25, 26-year-olds in their prime of their career and hope to No, because you would only it. regret it. You, you really would only regret it because you're never going to get equal value. History has told us that you never get equal value. It would be really hard to get equal value for Brown. Because one thing I'll say about him and Tatum that I respect, and we talked about this, they're both willing to play on both sides of the ball like Jimmy Butler. And you don't have too many superstars that do that, and especially young ones. And they're both great character guys. Brown and Tatum were super great character guys. So to me, you just got to figure it out and be patient. You got to think like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, they're going to crack through the door. You know? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you have to think that way. You have to have belief. As it, as it pertains to the coach, you know, when they went down 3-0, I said, Missoula's getting fired. And then when he came back and won the next three, and you know, but then they laid an egg in game seven, I actually don't think they're going to fire him just because they went through that. Ime Udoka was only there for a year and then had that whole off the court issue. And Do you think consistency kind of keeps him? I think Celtics are into consistency. That's exactly the word that I was missing. So thank you for filling that one in. Yes, consistency. Think about how many years Red Auerbach was the man over there. And even they, they like the family, right? Casey Jones and, and you know, they, to me, they're going to even, – even Brad Stevens stayed – and went upstairs. They got rid of Danny Ainge, which was kind of weird. I don't know what the dynamics were over there. But ultimately, I think for consistency, I don't think they're going to want their third coach in three years. No, you're probably right. And I, and I guess, you know, it, it just was so oh, – that was just weird. It, it, it was one of the – it was shocking. And it's not to take away from Miami because, like, this is what I love about Miami. Like, if you don't – go to the court and bring your, your lunch pail, they're going to take your heart because every last player on that roster is there to play ball. Like they're the dudes on the court that are like sweating on you. And like, you know, their, their shirt is wet and they're touching you too much. And you're like, yo, chill back up off me, yo. Like they're, that, that's their whole roster is those dudes. And so that means you can't just bring your talent. You got to bring your manhood and your hustle to the court. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we all know those guys. And when you played against cats like that, it, it either irritated you to the point where you're like, you know, I'm not really feeling this game or it promoted you to be on your best and to match their energy and effort. And so we'll see that quickly. The first two, three game series of, of this series against Denver and, So before we make our picks, 
just legacy-wise, um, where does this title put Murray and Jokic, you know, on the road to establishing their legacies, which obviously Murray is not there yet. Jokic we can talk about. And then for Jimmy to win, you know, not so much Kevin Love. I mean, it's nice, but his legacy is not, you know, whatever. It's not, you know. But Jimmy. Think about Kyle Lowry with, with well, the two yeah, rings. No. No, you view him differently, but he was never like the leader of. No, no, you know I mean? no, you're right. I mean, he's just making his his case for very, very borderline Hall of Famer, right? Uh, Reggie Miller has six All Star appearances. Obviously, Reggie was the was the the back the backbone of that Indiana Pacers team. But if Kyle Lowry wins two championships, especially if if he shows out in the finals, two championships, six All Stars, I mean. I still think he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, but but it's 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 you know his resume is getting better and better. Jamal Murray. So let's start with the West. Jamal Murray's never made an All Star team, believe it or not. So Jamal Murray, we're going to have to get a lot more shine in the Western Conference, talking about making an All Star team and being thought of as one of the best guards. Yeah, no, no, no. He needs because if he stays healthy, the then he can start building a legacy. But a, a championship, the way he's been playing, is definitely a nice foundation piece to then boost off of, of making a legitimate, you know, another like eight years of like a great basketball. Cause he's still really young. If he could stay healthy, I guess and it's, it's a shame. more. No, I was going to say, it's a shame that they did the, the, the top 75 for the NBA. Cause I think Nikola Jokic is in there right now. And definitely if he wins a championship, the two MVPs and a championship and this unbelievable playoff run, he's a top 75 NBA player of all Well, time. I agree. You'd have to add Jimmy and him as like 76 and 77 as honorary members. And of course, they jerk Clay Thompson. So we already know we can get up to 80 like in a hot beat, in a hot second. Yes. But yeah, the Joker, I think this puts him in a range where he's already going to be starting to sniff the top 40, top 30. And he puts like five more seasons like this where he's like in the top three MVP voting the Joker he'd like I'm to see him get more than you. one title huh? I'm throw a name out to you. let's say he wins this title we'll do our prediction but let's say he wins this title and let's say he wins one or two more but let's just say even just one how do you look at Nikola Jokic versus it pains me to say this Patrick Ewing oh um, gosh, you know, God. Patrick I, Ewing really... had, had more of an impact on the defensive side because of block shots, but Nikola Jokic is just as good, if not better, of a rebounder. He's far better offensively. He will have a championship, at least one, maybe two or three. I mean, like no, that. I mean, yeah. I, I, what? This pains, it pains me to say it, Ray. You, you, had to, you had to go take a knife to my heart, but, yeah, I, I have to put him – I don't know if he's above David Robinson, but I put him above Ewing, and he's below Hakeem, Shaq, Moses, and potentially maybe passing David. Now, if he got two titles, then you could say, okay, then he's like right below Hakeem and like the sixth or fifth best center of all time. And that's, uh, you know, sixth best center because you're not passing Kareem, Will, and Russell, Shaq, and then Hakeem. To me, the Joker would be the sixth, and that's incredible to even say, the sixth greatest center. 
Even well, and, and I don't know. I mean, I guess if we're being honest, like you can't just put cats over Moses Malone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. Moses is still in the top uh, twenty-five or thirty all-time scorers. So we gotta, you know, slow down with that. But you know, you're right. I mean, he he would. I would I, even with one, he would maybe. I don't know if he passes Garnett. I would pass him by Patrick and Dirk. Maybe I would have to. One-time champion? Garnett. A one-time champion? Garnett's a one-time champion. No, that's what I'm saying. And Dirk, so is Dirk. They're like two of the best one-time oh, champions. Oh, yeah, he passes Garnett and Dirk. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking he passes Garnett. I don't know if he guy. passes Garnett because Garnett was such a savvy and great defensive player. So I can't – that's what I'm saying. I say he True, passes but, Dirk. But, but Kevin Garnett didn't dominate the offense like Nikola Jokic does, whether yeah. it's his scoring, whether it's his passing – whether it's just the fact that they run the offense through him. I mean, Kevin Garnett got his on offense, right? 20 points. He'd have his 13 rebounds and his, you know, two blocks. But Nikola Jokic is the centerpiece of the best offensive team in the league. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, listen, these are, <laughs> these are the tough, painful conversations that you've got to have that this guy is forcing us to have, and rightfully so. Now with Jimmy. Jimmy is a one-time champion, a two-way player, self-made. If Jimmy's a one-time champion, you're saying. No, 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 I'm saying, right. So I'm saying if Jimmy gets it. If he wins, yeah. Boy, does he, he, he starts climbing quickly. What he's you know this why? cat's been doing? Yes, because Jimmy Butler gets the sort of Patrick Ewing Award, not to bring up Patrick again, or the, the, the Stockton and Malone Award is like, I really didn't play with anybody. So my back hurts from lifting people. And yeah. he will have gone to two finals, 1-1. One, one, and a lot, of, a lot of Eastern Conference finals, they could have beat Boston last year. Remember in game seven, they could have been in the finals last year. So uh-huh. he's, you know, talking about doing more with less. He's doing his thing. Yeah. I mean... When I think of shooting guards, is Jimmy, if we're being honest, is he better than Reggie and Ray, Ray Allen and Reggie Miller? You know what? I think so because of the way he plays both sides of the court. And the impact that he has, he's not just a good defender, he's an impactful defender. So yeah. you you start to identify he's not quite Lawrence Taylor but you start to identify like where he is and you're like all right we got to account for Jimmy Butler because he can defend he can switch he can you know defend his man he can play in space he, he's quick with his hands you know and, and obviously offense he'll never be known as a great offensive player only because he doesn't have to be and it's not in his nature to just dominate but when he needs to but he's he'll a great clutch offensive player. Right. He'll put up 56 on you like he did this playoffs, and he'll take Oof. over quarters and halves like he did in this playoffs. Um, and that, that run that he did against Milwaukee, being down 14 and then and putting up 56 on them, I mean, no, that's It was crazy. absurd, man. Like, I, this has been one of the most exciting and most impressive playoff runs we've ever seen. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, it, it's not – it's not for joke. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, well, let's go with the picks. I'll go first. Let you swing last. Um, you know, 
it's hard because it's so lopsided. And I'm glad Hero may play game two or three. Um, you know, we Miami needs all they can get. It'd be great to see if Victor O was there. Then I think we'd really have a war. A healthy Victor O and Hero with these guys. Oof, that could be fun. Um, I think Porter and Gordon, their confidence has just grown so much because of the Joker and so much because of Coach Malone, who is such a, a, a great – I think he's a great coach, and he's, he's going to notch things in his belt. But I just don't think we can consistently expect Vincent and Martin and Robinson to bail out or to add on to Bam and Butler. And I think Bam, he's got to have four or five great games to even have a shot. He can't be like, oh, I played good one game, 20 and 10, and next game I'm like 13 and 8. Like, it, you just can't do that in the finals. And so if I'm being honest, just on the basis of Butler and Coach Eric Spolster, I think Miami Heat will get two games. But that's it. And I think that's just out of pure respect for the dog in Jimmy and for the genius coaching because he's going to throw everything at the Joker, double teams, delayed double teams, zones, uh, you know, uh, boxing ones. Like, I, I think this dude is going to throw the kitchen sink at Denver and it's going to work one night. And so I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets to win the 2023 NBA Finals title with the Joker being the MVP, averaging 28, 11, and 5 um, to, to win the MVP of the Finals and for the Denver Nuggets to get their first championship and then the legacy talk for the Joker really starts to ramp up. So that's what Tay's like going, nuggets, nuggets and six. I like it. Now, keep in mind, Tyler Hero might come back in game three, but I don't think he'll be, you know, uh, the sh- a shell of himself because who, who, who can be after taking, you know, oh, a yeah. month, month and a half to heal that hand and, you know, getting out of shape and, and so forth. But I do think just spiritually his presence will be good for the team. I think the Nuggets win the game, and I think it's be- the series, and I think it's because they just have a talent mismatch, which you could argue – the Bucks had and the Celtics had, but I think more than anything, they're hungry. Their coach, Mike Malone, even though their team isn't great defensively, preaches defense and wants his team to play defense. And I think what will happen is Eric Spolter will do everything he can to disrupt the Denver offense. And I think each game, Denver's going to need somebody to step up. So one game, it might be Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And one game, it might be Michael Porter Jr. And two games, it might be Jamal Murray. So I don't know if Joker's going to stuff the stat sheet. Um, he might. He might. But I think it's going to be that. It'll definitely have an impact on the, on the game. I think it might be more in getting other people involved. And I just think that Denver runs too many cats at you. And so – the games will be in the, you know, 120s. And even though both teams preach defense, I just think Denver just comes at you in waves and waves and waves. And even though Denver wants to run, when they have to, they can run that half-court offense. 
and they can run that two-man game with, uh, with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. So I think Denver is the better team. I think they're the deeper team. I think they're hungry, and I think they win in five. I'll say they win the first two in Denver. They'll lose in Miami. Maybe the game Tyler Hero comes back, and then they'll win the next two. And then 52-80, mile high, Denver wins its first national championship. By the way, they said that your boy Stan Kroenke would be the owner of three teams then that won titles. So his Colorado Avalanche won in hockey. His uh, L.A. Rams a couple years ago, one in football, and then his Denver Nuggets would win in basketball. Does this guy just print money? Yeah, I guess. He's printing championships. Wow. Well, listen, that's a great way to end the show. Ray has the Nuggets in five. Tay's got the Nuggets in six. But we definitely we, we got to root on Mr. Jimmy Butler because, you know, if there's a miracle okay. to be had – don't say it. He's the miracle maker, baby. Oh, my God. I love it. So, say all right, series. so enjoy the NBA Finals. Series. Have some fun. I do think just just tonight, I think it will be close, and I think Denver will squeeze. This is the one that Miami's got to get if they really want to make this a tough series. But I think Denver probably wins like 108, 104. But I think it's going to be it's going to be an entertaining game one, definitely. For sure. So, anyway, sit back, relax, enjoy what the NBA has to offer. And, you know, it's nice to have two teams that have never won a championship. So, think about the, the, the pandemonium um, that's going to take place. Well, I, I, Denver hasn't won a championship. Obviously, Miami has. But think about the pandemonium that would take place in Denver if, uh, if they win. Oh, right? yeah. they and more importantly, they I think the, jer- the jerseys look good together on the court depending on what colors they wear. I think it would be interesting to see, you know, the jerseys should look I just want to do Denver once, do a throwback, like in game three or game four, oh, do the gosh. throwback. I, I pray for that. <laughs> Give us one of those, oh, gosh, one of those Alex English jerseys. And Calvin, how can I forget? Calvin Nat. I'm sorry, Calvin. Yes. Oh. But you did say Lafayette Lever. And that's I did. You died. That was our <laughs> Ray and Jay growing up. That was our guy. Fat Lever. Fat Lever, the triple double machine. Hey, young kids, go 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 YouTube him. Fat Lever, what, six three and a half, maybe six four, most versatile two way guards, maybe ever, right? Like he was legit defense and offense. Great Lafayette. play. Yes, Lafayette. All right, you guys, enjoy the NBA Finals. We'll see you soon. Later. See ya.